Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 144, and today we'll be talking about Beta. I'm GC13. I'm David. And I'm Hunter. Good to good to hear you kids again. I mean, you're you're hearing me, I'm not hearing you. You know. We don't have the spy probe set up just yet. I'm waiting I'm waiting for smell o vision. I, I need them to get a whiff of this dank boy smell. Oh, did you, do you buy your khakis from the dank boy? The dank, the dankest of boys. Let me tell you. I guess that brings us right into an observation I had wanted to make. That uh, you guys noticed, Amethyst kind of gave a really Stephen look a few times in this episode. Mm-hmm. You guys saw that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was, she was not having it. Most, most prominently when Stephen asked, "Maybe a really big prairie dog." <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. That just that just made me think back to Are You My Dad? And uh, maybe they all went on vacation? No, Stephen. <laughs> oh, Stephen. He, no one else is around, so he just tells himself no. He just wants to believe. So I just I just thought that was really interesting. You know, we get we get the benefit of hindsight when we do these retro discussions. Yeah, yeah. I f- I feel that I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, this was this was a cute episode. This was super cute, and it felt it felt bizarrely like two smaller episodes to me. To yeah, me, yeah, because you got all the meat morp stuff, mm-hmm. and then oh, that yeah. that meat morp gets me going. Let me tell you, <laughs> I yeah. I could have spent an entire season in that barn. I could have spent an entire season watching Camp Pining Hearts. <laughs> it's it's the most interesting show within a show they have. I hope they keep showing us more snippets. It's just yeah. crying breakfast friends with uh, Gravity Falls. <laughs> That's all it is. And I'd watch both of those. Absolutely. I love Paradox like snarkiness too while watching it, you know. Go <laughs> make another friendship bracelet. She's so into it. She knows. She knows that is what he'll do. You let yourself become the kayak race. I just I just can't wait to see Paradox and Lapis's uh fan podcast. <laughs> involving camp pining arts yeah this this fun this was this was fun i'd say, well the first half i'd say was fun the second half was real yeah that was that was that was real that was real um i don't know i i would have honestly preferred this to be like i said this felt like two different episodes i would have preferred um like a full-on fleshed out episode of just lapis and peridot being goofy buddy barn pals together. Yes. I mean, they ch- they cheated us out of that later in the series, too. When Gem Harvest came along, we Ugh. didn't get to see the sleepover either. We're, yeah. we're getting really cheated on the Peridot and Lapis front here. Haven't they, has, haven't the, the Crooniverse been on Tumblr? Peridot and uh, uh, the other one, Bob, Bob, Bob Boy. Bob. Bob Boy. Bob. They're like, they're like, yeah, yeah, I, for, I forgot a character's name. Let's. Let's uh, let's let's draw more attention to it. Um, <laughs> Peridot and Bob Boy—they're de- they're like they're like Tumblr favorites. We people there is an interest. People want to see more. Show us more. Give us more. I want more. Yeah. Well, their dynamics are so interesting, and it's not even just Peridot and Lapis. Like I love seeing Peridot with Amethyst more in this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of started back when they were at the barn making the drill, but uh, I really love Peridot. Just sort of. Trying to be friends with Amethyst, 
so, so desperately so. Like, I love her nickname, Ames, Big A. And she's having just absolutely sort of like Amethyst's reaction to everything going on in this episode is pretty much how people feel whenever it's just a Beach City episode. Like, I don't care about these fun and games. I'm, I just want to get to Jasper. Where's Jasper? Just gotta, just gotta lay down this whooping on Jasper. Mm hmm. Gotta open, open that can. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, she was knocking the cans over, perhaps in an attempt to open them. Ah, <laughs> ah GC made a funny. Yep. Yeah. I got a humor subroutine. I don't like to brag, but uh, <laughs> it's there. I think I think you I think you're a little bloated with your with your shareware, buddy. There is a there is there might be a reason I don't like to brag about it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't like to brag about it because it's not worth bragging about. Ooh. Ooh. Feels bad, bro. Feels bad. Ugh. Uh, but talking, talking about the barn, uh, I'm pretty sure I would have said this when we reviewed the week it aired, but Lapis is a very literal morpist. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't... This is kind of the first time we see her like being this straightforward. And I guess it fits her character, but I don't know. It seemed a little... I mean, I guess it's just Zook having fun with the characters. Well, hey, if you want to read into it, remember she was trapped in the mirror and she could only show what she was, what oh, she had seen. Yeah. So maybe that might have been deliberate, maybe. Yeah. They can always come back and claim it was deliberate either way. I'll, I'll yeah. let them. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it was a really... Uh, not really. I feel like it was a cute way... Of uh, it's, it's like it's like a little, like a little metaphor for art, you know, art metaphors. You know, sometimes it's a it's it's a really uh, interesting piece of work that people attach meanings to when the original meaning uh, has nothing to do with what people are perceiving it to be. And uh, another uh, jab at uh, some art uh, taking itself too seriously, and some art being uh, its own amalgamation of people's opinions of the art, and art being more than what it originally was. Uh, Intended to be an art. I I am an art major. That was beautiful. Hunter. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'll be I'll be signing autographs at the end. Oh my goodness. Uh, so so now uh, apparently completely inspired by this episode, we have the make art on purpose book for any kids who might be interested in having the guidance of Peridot and Lapis in their artistic endeavors. That that actually sounds like a really good book. Make art on purpose. <laughs> this is like a this is like a good autobiography. It's it has a cute a few cute screenshots I've seen online. Also, all the Steven Universe books are really cheap. So, yeah, it's like seven bucks on Amazon. Uh, oh, this is a real thing we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, make art on purpose. It's a clever Whoa. clever little title. Hold on, let me look at this. It's uh, inspiring for for the kids who watch the show to ah! make some art. Oh, it's so cute! Oh my god, I love this. I really like how the show, uh, you know, the Crooniverse is really reaching out sort of to kids and different different interests they might have. Uh, I mean, Rebecca Sugar is all about exploring art uh, and how it ties into yourself, your emotions, and spilling that out. So, yeah. We have the art book. We have a real art book. Mm-hmm. That'll be a That'll be a good coffee table book to have. Oh, my God. I love this book. This is so cute. Hot, hot dang. So as far as like Beta starting this arc, this was like in the middle of Summer of Steven, and mm-hmm. I kind of had 
sort of negative feelings looking back on um, this whole arc between Amethyst and Jasper. And I tried to pin down my feelings as to why I kind of wasn't really feeling it maybe when it first aired. And it kind of comes down to the fact that, so like Beta is the start and we have Hillary and Lauren Zook uh, as the storyboarders. And I love that team and they draw so well and Lapis and Peridot and Jasper all look great in this episode. But then when it gets followed up in Earthlings, uh, the style kind of falls apart. And when you have episodes so closely linked to the point where it like goes to the end credits and like cuts it to like just immediately next scene. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it just, I don't know. It sort of breaks it apart. The stylistic choices sort of divide it in my mind. Doesn't Earthlings start with Jasper, like, just as Amethyst had seen her? So it's a direct continuation. Yeah, and unlike, you know, Bismuth that we talked about last week, like, that had four storyboarders, and yet the art, like, feels really tight, whereas uh, I didn't feel that this time around. And also, the previous episode where Amethyst started feeling really mad about this, after Jasper just calls her nothing, um, was, uh, shoot, episode name, when they fight her on the beach, Crack the Whip. Mm-hmm. Um, that that one also just like it was cool to see Stevani, but she was off model and looked kind of lanky, and I felt the same way. Like I want to take Jasper in this conflict seriously, but I think that's kind of what made me feel weird about this. Also, I feel like we've seen Amethyst put down on herself so much, and to be this far in the series and she's still feeling so like crap, and it lasts so long. Um, I don't know. I think it. I don't know. Well, how did you guys feel about it? Like, were you really into it? I I was kind of not so much at this point i think they made jasper way too strong hmm Hmm. i don't know i mean yeah she's kind of like a big bad in a sense that they're supposed to be redeemable and they show her having that like weak spot that she's just fighting for a her diamond that got shattered but like yeah i mean maybe her just being really powerful kind of takes away i mean amethyst has absolutely no chance in a fight against her there's basically nothing Amethyst could do to ever beat Jasper, and that's... I, th- I think that makes Jasper way too strong. Hmm. Of course, we get to see the Crystal Gem trump card when she busts out the smoky courts, but... Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome looking, by the way. I mean, I, I poo-pooed on <laughs> their their uh, the borders for Earthlings, but smoky courts turned out really well. They do really well with character introductions, making sure that those look really good, but... Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But I don't know. I mean, Jesper does have a point. Is fusion the only trick you crystal gems know? Yeah, I I don't know. The how I feel about Jasper, I I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of potential there to take it somewhere pretty interesting, which I I'm, they like they did fine, but I don't know. I feel like there I feel like there was a lot of good groundwork to do something with her. Yeah. They didn't really do much. I think the biggest thing, at least maybe from uh, Rebecca Sugar's perspective, because she uh, personally joined the boarding team for Alone at Sea, I think she really wanted to use that relationship between Jasper and Peridot to mm-hmm. uh, show, you know, consent and abuse and or such. Or you mean Lapis. Right, Bob, right. Jasper Bob, and Bob. Bob boy. <laughs> um, you know, so like once that was done... And they got that episode of the way, which I thought that episode was a little heavy-handed with its message anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, very heavy. Oh, I, I They agree. wanted to make sure you got it. 
Yeah, I mean, it was trying to speak to kids, so I get why they made it so obvious. But as an yeah. older viewer, it kind of felt flatter. It felt, yeah, big, big old fists made of ham shanks. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I totally echo that feeling of uh, just unfulfilled potential. Same thing with, like, Jasper collecting all of the gem mutants and corruptions kind of goes nowhere. Like, they get set free, and we don't see any repercussions of that. I mean, we kind of have Kindergarten Kid where they're cleaning up, but that's oh. basically a Peridot discovering herself a little bit there. Yeah, mm-hmm. th- that is true. We get to see one gem corruption t- taken down, but yeah, I felt like in general that there all those threads just have so far been unsatisfying to me, but you never know. The universe can have it all planned out. They had the whole lion thing planned out, and it was so satisfying to see that. Oh yeah, recent special. So I I don't know. I mean, you know, having the gem mutants. The whole point of them was for the cluster, and I'm sure the cluster still has more plot reasons to exist. So I'm excited to see those. But at this point in the series, watching Beta, I was just kind of yeah, just not really excited by Jasper just getting bubbled and sort of all that. You know, you mentioned the Gemians. We basically only really saw much of them in Nightmare Hospital and in When It Rains. A shame. Yeah, and I loved those designs. I loved it. But, yeah. Again, just kind of like Jasper was introduced uh, for that showing the abuse and consent. It's the same thing with the mutants. Like, we get too early on, like, we introduce the, the fusion experiments and then we see Garnet's emotional reaction. And that's probably the most impactful story to tell about the Force Fusions is with Garnet's perspective. So after you've done that, you kind of have nothing else. You give an episode yeah. for them to fight him, and then that's it. So Yeah, you, you on further analysis, you slowly start to see the cracks in the veneer of like, oh, these, these characters were created for a specific situation or story arc, and now that that arc is over or the situation is over, they're no longer needed, so into the garbage they go. You know, they actually kind of did make fun of the whole Lapis still being messed up over Jasper thing from Alone at Sea, because <laughs> Don't use we have Peridot, <laughs> yeah, Peridot saying she doesn't like to use the J-word so loosely, and then Lapis shoots her one of the looks that Amethyst has been giving Stephen the whole episode, like, seriously? I'm yeah. not that fragile. Uh, <laughs> yep. That was, that was cute. I mean, you know, Lapis is a little misanthropic, like mm. we see in Room for Ruby. Where she's just like, she's still not completely happy, but she's like, I'm fine about Jasper, thank you. Yeah, I would I would like to say, I don't know if I've ever expressed this, but uh, like people, people will make a joke about like how, uh, what was, what's the word you used? Um, misanthropic. Uh, yeah, misanthropy? <laughs> yeah, mis, mis, misanthropic. Uh, good old, good old misanthropic. Um, people, people will make jokes about like how misanthropic uh, Lapis is and like how... Um, neurotic. I, I I think that's a better word. Yeah, well, is. Pearl's the really neurotic one. Yeah, I'd say so. Lapis and Pearl should hang out. Saltwater fusion. Ah! <laughs> We've seen, like, almost zero interaction of them, and wow. That would be... <laughs> it's like looking into a mirror. <laughs> you know, actually, that is a good... The, the whole... They haven't really addressed that, the fact that Pearl had Lapis. Like, there's still some story to tell there. Or at least <laughs> to give a reason for the interaction. Because Steven Universe episodes always have to end with, you know, someone crying about something. So that would be a good <laughs> conflict to bring up. You want to talk about really hating the table? <laughs> I mean, they never addressed, like, the fact that 
they knew that was a gem in there and you know but yeah. so everyone pretty much dropped it they're like oh okay you know lapis was in there but no one's gonna blame pearl yeah you you kind of have to drop it otherwise like the otherwise your fan base is like asking questions like wait a minute this character we love and know if she like the only good way to get out of that situation is to not answer the questions because the answers to the questions are going to inevitably inevitably be yeah we uh we we committed war crimes uh because this this mirror is real neat let me tell you this <laughs> mirror super neat okay to be fair to the crystal gems what did lapis immediately do as soon as she got out of there she attempted to extinguish all life on the planet out of the tiny, tiny chance that maybe she could get home where, once she got home by other means, she was immediately used as an informant to guide military forces sent to beat their heads in. I, su- so, I suppose, but I'd, I would still argue that the ethically right thing to do in that situation, even if you thought that she was going to make, bu- make a bust for it, uh, would be to take her out of the mirror and then just poof her and bubble her because at least then she's in like her own little her own little hmm. uh what's the phrase i'm looking for her own little suspended hyper sleep i suppose i don't know the gems don't like to poof and bubble each other like even when like in hit the diamond that would have been the completely easy way to get peridot out of there is just send her back to the temple hmm. but they didn't so they just they just don't seem to like to do that you know what? Now that you say that, why didn't they do that? They don't even... You could still bubble gems, though, possibly, even without poofing them, because Steven got sent back to the temple. Yeah, yeah. And a bag of chaps. Would you trust Peridot in the bubble room? I wouldn't. I don't. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't trust yeah. her with a butter knife. I mean, Steven <laughs> managed to let one out, and he's not nearly as clumsy as Peridot. Hmm. She's so cute with her bow tie in this episode. Oh, by she's the way. she's like, precious. Like if they wanted to make that a permanent addition, like I would be okay with it. Especially since her beloved alien plush figure had to give his life for that bow tie. <laughs> but back back to back to what I was I was trying to get at. Um, people people will draw like uh, I don't I don't know what, what words I'm trying to use. Um, but anyway, like Labus's emotions, they become sort of a joke. But like I feel, I feel like Labus is the realest character. Like here, mm, she yeah. she feel she feels very. I don't want to say grounded. That's not quite the word I'm looking for. Especially since she can fly. Oh, GC. I, I no, I agree with you. It's even in her design. I'm I'm not sure how to pinpoint it, but there's something about Lapis's design which may hark back to the fact that she's one of the earlier designs in the show mm-hmm. too, as far as the extended. Yeah, well, I feel like her design is very, it's very un-caricatured. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very, not, it's one of the least alien-like, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's very, very proportional, very, yeah. I wouldn't say realistic, Minus but Minus the very, poofy like, hair yeah. <laughs> in some of <laughs> Yeah, it's, she feels, she feels the most real in her emotions, in her design, in her, like, in her being. She's the most, not chill, but, like, not normal either. I'd say the most... Uh, predictable in her emotions of like yes this is how that that is how a person would feel that's how a person should feel mm. without any uh, extremes or caricatures to the character yeah that's mm. that's, that's really all i wanted to get at <laughs> she she's still the only one besides pearl she's still one of the most mysterious for all for all the backstory we've seen you know we actually see you know she tries to show steven what happened to her uh 
out of the galaxy warp, but like we still really mm. don't, you know, was she a terraformer? That's what lapises were apparently for, but it didn't seem like she was doing that. She just was kind of on earth, didn't care about anything and then got hoofed in the, why was she in the middle of a battle? Just standing around like, uh, visiting her summer so home. much about her. We don't even know whether lapis lazulis are high or low ranking gems. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, that's yeah, because they are super powerful. Um, they're they're super powerful on a planet with a lot of water, right? Which so far, what we've seen of Homeworld may mean nothing while you're on Homeworld. Yeah, it's sort of like that uh, the 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 Kryptonian sort of thing where they're they're just they're just normal people on their planet, but they come to Earth and they're yeah. just yeah. I mean, they for sure don't have rain, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they don't have a working hydrosphere. Interesting Hi- hydraulic cycle, hmm. yeah, but in the in the beta kindergarten phase, uh, we got we got to see lots of uh, mediocre uh, insertions, very very poorly placed holes. Exertions, uh, thank you. <laughs> Amethyst motions towards Skinny's hole, and I, I'm assuming that that has to be the Skinny. Oh, oh it, um, it yeah. is. It 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 from it the can't suit. not be. And it's just like the Carnelian who came out sideways because the walls were curved. That has to be our Carnelian. Mm-hmm. Just, just the, the narrative laws require it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just Jasper's hole is like so much bigger than anyone's else. Oh, Jesus. The, the perfect cactus, which is all I can think of as I see those silhouettes. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> just like the same cactus shape that we see like in the, uh, oh, shoot. I'm the losing my mind mistakes. here. Yeah, I know you. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> um, yeah. Cry for help. Yeah, cry for help. Um, just you know, owing and umming over here. Mm-hmm. Great that's inclusions funny. into solid content. <laughs> that's that's half of my conversation. So just don't don't feel bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean we we've kind of talked extensively over the past. Uh, two episodes about sort of the war timeline so i don't want to go too deep again with the whole beta kindergarten but Mm -hmm. uh it is uh it was interesting to this was like the first time we saw this and had this detail introduced that the homeworld gems were at one point doing pretty poorly against the crystal gems and uh that was that was pretty interesting to be introduced and uh one thing that we hadn't talked about yet was how the Crystal Gem Army was actually getting healed all the time by Rose because she definitely wasn't crying on people all the time. Or well, she uh, did have that fountain, which mm-hmm. I would love to see that fountain revisited because it is super mysterious how something that useful and important was one ever created. Like, how did Rose? Like, is there some uh, Rose quartz shards hanging out near the fountain? Or uh, how they kept that a secret. Like, that's so weird. And, again, ties in with all of Rose Court's weird powers that, yeah. Yeah. Don't know where I'm going with that beyond that. (laughs) No, no, no. I get it. I get it. I mean, well, technically, we have been back there. I would love, I think I've said it before, I would love to see a prequel series uh, of the Rebellion. I mean, a mini, a little mini, like, Adventure Time-esque mini series just Mm -hmm. taking us back. You know, uh, give us whatever narrative reason happens to give me four to eight episodes of the past. But that yeah. would just be so good. And have it, we're from, not... have it from Pearl's point of view, following Rose around. Oh, man. 
We learned a lot more about Pearl that way. I feel like they really could do that, and it, but I don't need to believe that thought at all because it will yeah, disappoint yeah, yeah. me by not happening. But like the miniseries stuff really works for that show, and I feel like they're definitely doing a lot more with these bomb formats, and that would just be the perfect format for looking at the past because really mm-hmm. I don't want 30 seconds or a minute in the past. I want an episode or more. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have have five episodes in a bomb form. Right. The first episode is Pearl on Homeworld or during the yeah uh, like the inhabitation. That's not a word. The inhabitation colonization. The colonization, of course. The colonization of Earth. Uh, and the the end of the episode is her meeting Rose. The second episode is uh, her joining the rebellion. Um, like working through that emotional and mental state of uh, turning on her diamond and joining the rebellion. The third, fourth, and fifth episodes are all just arcs of her uh, going with Rose and doing stuff, doing cool stuff, and it ends when Greg shows up! And just have it, have like the last like ten seconds of the the final episode just be like Greg It's over, sauntering. isn't it? Yeah, it, uh, yeah, yeah! Don't get, don't get me all excited! <laughs> That's that's that that was today's session of Hunter's Headcanon Corner. <laughs> uh, so right. any anything else about uh this actual episode? To uh, add? <laughs> we've, we've spent our time talking about just about everything other than beta. Yeah, that, that tangentially that tends related. A, t- tends to be a, a a pattern with me. Um I don't know, this, this is a fun episode. This is a fun I I get off more to like uh, talking about like the the series as a whole and like where it can go rather than where it's been. I don't know. That's just me personally. I I definitely have to give a shout out to Lapis's little tambourine dance. Oh, that was cute. Yeah, was cute. totally adorbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Again, if we can just get more, uh, like a whole episode maybe of just Peridot and Bob, I would love that so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, again, they cheated us out of the slumber party, so they gotta make make up for it sometime. Yeah, come on, throw us a bone. I realize there's a lot to get through in the coming season. This being, I, I believe, it, this is the last season, right? Season five is the last uh, season? We, the we last announced season. Oh, of course. They've been teasing like maybe they're sitting on a sixth season order, but uh, they haven't come out and said anything about it, so we don't know. I'm going to be honest, and this might be a controversial season, uh, controversial uh, opinion. I hope it ends. I hope it ends with either this season or the next season. We have seen from interviews that I cannot reference actual links or titles of, but um, oh, but uh, they exist. Know, they, I mean, they, they, they do. Uh, I, I, the series was planned with a certain narrative arc, and um, possibly even was planned at least for these three seasons, with the ability to be expanded after that. So I think we're going to see in this season five, technically traditionally planned season three B, uh, some sort of conclusion to this series that will feel satisfying and then but then still we're gonna have room. like a, a season six of post-game content yeah I, I mean it could be similar to like a legend of Korra setup that book four was a lot more epilogue feeling than anything I, else 
hopefully airs more on that side and not a Samurai Jack side. But um. I, I hope it's also, I hope it's not too much like Legend of Korra of where after the, the good stuff, after like the big stuff ends, it just turns to, turn, turns to, turns to poop. <laughs> I mean, they they always have the Beach City episodes to fall back on. Of course, of course. Which that'd be cute. That'd be, that'd be swell. I mean, you'd have a whole lot of people jumping off the ship once you told them, okay, guys, no more big story arc stuff. But you'd yeah. have people like me saying, hey, I love seeing gems do slice of life stuff in Beach City and maybe humans going and doing slice of life stuff on gem planets. I'd be all about that. Oh, man. Exploring the colonies? Please just Lapis and Peridot <laughs> flying around space together. I would miss the story arcs, but, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Steven Universe's biggest strength lies in its uh, long-term form narrative. I mean, we got an entire 26-episode run where only at the very end did they really start using the narrative itself to hint that maybe something else is going on. Before then, it was all just, you know, in the background. Yeah. But mostly You're it was just right. Monster of the Week. You're right, but looking back at it... I realize that I prefer this vastly to that. Yeah. I still loved it back then, so... I I really like season one. Like, the all, overall, all 52 episodes really play, like, a nice story out. The first 26 being sort of less sequential, and the next 26, like, it actually plays out really well i personally controversial opposite opinion to hunter like the season one structure more the season two having a lot more connected episodes i liked less that might be because of the oversaturation of peridot uh which i might not have enjoyed as much but um, oh oh we're We're gonna fight so hard I mean, if there had been a hypothetical Steven Universe that didn't introduce any overt story arcs at all, and just, you know, as Steven got older and more confident in his powers, they took him to different places where you could see the background. Just, you fill in the details, Dark Souls style almost. <laughs> mm-hmm. I Could have been I, a good series. I think, and this, I, hold on, let me think. I think I might prefer the story to take like after once this is over after the big shebang has ended we've gone full arc uh to the end i think i would prefer for a new either i might i might regret saying this either a new story within the universe or a new story what what am i trying to say a new story in the universe not involving the crystal gems or an entirely new sort of set up for the crystal gems. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, no, I mean... It's so like a Beach City Underground series. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. It has a lot of potential. Like, there's so many cool aspects to the gems and... Because um, they've done great A lot to explore about the Earth's history, too. Like, th- it has a really cool setup that just cannot be fulfilled on in the current setup of the show because it's mm-hmm. about Steven... And his life and his perspective. So you know what spin-off series we need? What? Better call Zircon. Oh boy. <laughs> oh. Oh boy. Uh now what what I what I would like to see, I would either like to see, yes, something like that of uh, that that like explores the world or explores the universe uh it, through the eyes of a different character, or I would like to see a different format 
like a different adventure format for the show. Like say uh say like everything settles and everything's cool, uh and then uh someone's like, Oh my god, guys, the uh there's a whole bunch of new crazy gym monsters all over the world. We gotta go all over the world and catch them. And have like a have like a cool like monster of the week. Cool. It'll be Stephen and Pearl's adventures. Stephen and Pearl one hundred years. It's it's gonna Steven be the and, darkest and Pearl years. series yet. <laughs> Stephen and <laughs> Pearl hundred years. It's gonna be gonna be hundred years. All I want is that sauce. I I just I just want that sauce, Stephen. Stephen, you, you, gotta, you gotta give me that sauce. Stephen's out of the picture now. <laughs> Stephen, Gr- Greg, he was taking up too uh, much Greg. space and fixing my van. Well, there's no more Greg, Stephen. He took. Uh. Yep, I could see it. I want that. I want just Rick and Morty Steven Universe. Yeah. I just want Rick and Morty, man. I don't know what you're talking about. I just want Rick and Morty. Let's do, let's do a Rick <laughs> yes. and Morty podcast. Season Morty three, podcast. I'm waiting for you. I thought it was going to come during the summer, and it hasn't. Okay, so since uh, before we before we get off topic yet again, I guess we should go ahead and end the episode here. Come back to us next week, where I think we'll have a much easier time staying on topic with uh, Earthlings. It's a, it's a much more focused episode. This was more of a tour, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's why I think that's why everybody's mind wandered a little bit. But until then, I'm GC13. I'm David, and I'm Hunter. Later, kiddos. It's been it's been a it's been a swell time talking to you. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Oh Jesus! It's another kin. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.